The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome to another session here at the um, Fit Fighter Podcast. I am your host, uh, fitness fitness trainer, or should I say fitness instructor and fitness scorer, TJ Williams, giving the insight of my fitness journey, also discussing and analyzing fitness-based subjects, and also highlighting individuals involved in fitness, past, present, and future. All right, so of course, first I'd like to thank the 5,000 listeners so far I have, so I'm hoping I get like more than that by the end of the year. So I hope it'd be at least 20,000, 50,000, whatever I can get. But nevertheless, um, I like to get um, reach out to those who are friends of mine in um, the United States, but also like to get um, guests from all across the world. So today I got a guest all the way from Brisbane, Australia, which is a 15 hour difference. So it's morning time over there, but which in my time is dark. So it's almost bedtime for me, but you know, I'm up until midnight, <laughs> but let me introduce uh, my guest. Um, she's a strong man or strong woman uh, and a power lifter. Uh, she competed in a lot of um, competitions and um, she agreed to come in on the show and talk about her story or at least her journey to where she um, currently is. And um, I like to introduce everybody to um, Red Wired. How are we doing? Good morning. I'm good. How are you? Uh, yeah, I just um, kind of get a little nervous when I'm doing um, interviews, but you know, um, this is just me getting out of my comfort zone. But it's Do I great. make you nervous? <laughs> well, when you're a strong woman, definitely. <laughs> I have to be scared. <laughs> oh, I seem to have that effect on guys. <laughs> All right. So um, just um, give us like a small description of like what you do now. Like, yeah, so um, so my name's Red Wired. I'm from Brisbane in Australia. Um, I've been competing uh, in strongman for about six years now. Before that, I did about two years competing in powerlifting. And then when I very first started my journey, um, before that, I was a crossfitter. But don't judge me. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's that's what I don't do when I go to the gym. I know I just I just go out there work out. You know, yeah, I, I just love lifting things and moving my body and you always feel so good after you exercise. So it doesn't really matter what type of fitness it is, but I think I've tried a few different things over the last, you know, say eight to 10 years or so. And now I've really found what works for me and what I really enjoy. And I do get a lot out of competing. I feel like that kind of gives me a goalpost that can keep moving. Um, but, you know, if I have something to work towards and to achieve, that keeps me out of trouble. <laughs> yeah also yeah you want to keep yourself occupied so that's really good yeah that's it all right so this is what we're going to do we're going to go back in time so um i got the time machine ready so i got the lorian style if you like back to the future <laughs> <laughs> all right so we're gonna to go to like back in time where everything started for you so pretty much um the first question would be describe yourself before you got into fitness 
Yeah, so I actually used to be quite overweight. Um, I was living overseas in my 20s and I was teaching skiing and snowboarding. So I was basically just chasing the winters around the world. Um, I spent two years in um, Lake Tahoe in the States, in California. I absolutely oh. love that place. My dad's um, from California, so I, I could easily work there with, uh, with my passport. Um, so I'm a dual citizen. <laughs> Um, and then I would come back to Australia to do the Southern Hemisphere winter here at a mountain called Mount Hotham. And then I did two winters in Japan in Niseko, uh, which is a beautiful resort. The powder snow there is, is stunning. And then again, back to Australia or New Zealand. And then I did a season in Canada as well in the Rockies. Um, so, yeah, I spent about five years just chasing the snow around the world and living that um, instructor lifestyle. I was drinking most nights, you know, going out partying. I wasn't looking after myself. Like my diet was pretty terrible. I was having fast food all the time. So, you know, over a period of years that just accumulated into me getting quite big. Um, and then I think when I got back from my travels, um, I said, oh, you know, I think I really need to do something about this because none of my clothes were fitting and I didn't want to have to keep buying new clothes. And I just didn't like the way that I felt. And um, yeah, so that was when I, uh, I got a PT uh, in 2013. And I said, look, my goal is to lose about 10 kilos. That was just like a ballpark figure that I put out there. And I said, look, I really want to make some changes with my diet and, and stop drinking. And he said, yeah, that's fine. We can write your program so I was seeing him once a week for my my smash session I called it I would like always <laughs> work feeling really buggered but um you know he made me work and that's what I wanted and then he you know he gave me the program for another like four days of the week and he he always said that I was his best client because he would see me in the gym when he was there training other people he's like I know you're doing the work because like I see you in here and he's like and I can see the results like you are dropping body fat every week he would test my um like the nine points with the calipers and I was I was getting like the drops he's like I know you're following it so he he always said I was such a pleasure to coach because I you know I listened and and did the work so in about six months after seeing that PT, I lost 20 kilos. Um, what's that in pounds? I don't know, like 2.2 kilos to a pound. You're going to have to do the maths on that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I dropped quite a bit of weight. I think I went from somewhere around 90 kilos down to about 70, 71 kilos. And uh, I was just noticing all these huge changes where like my face was getting skinny. I was actually having definition in my arms. I started to get um, abs, you know, the definition here, my legs started like coming in, my waist was getting smaller. And I actually really liked the results that I was seeing, but um, I didn't really enjoy doing cardio, you know, so I had to always do like um, 20 minutes on the treadmill when I was like warming up to do my weight sessions, but I really liked the weights part of it. So then um, I started getting into CrossFit and I was like, oh, I really like, you know, still moving my body. I, the first time I'd like touched a barbell properly was probably 2014. I loved learning like the clean and jerk um, thrusters, um, all the gymnastics kind of stuff on the on the pull-up bar, um, handstands. You know, I, I just loved the new challenge because I was still getting a good workout, but it was all these different movements that I hadn't really done before. So I did CrossFit for a year or two and um, I kind of realized I'm 
I'm quite strong and I could build muscle easily. So I, I gained about like five to 10 kilos of muscle in the next two years after that, when I was just like purely doing strength training, um, then sort of like got more into powerlifting because I wanted to, I wanted to compete and I wanted to do something to like test my strength against other people. Um, and then after about two years of powerlifting, then I got into doing strongman and that's where I, that's where I'll stay. That's my, my favorite type of, um, strength training yeah so definitely you had that push into fitness because um you did were overweight you know i know i can relate because i was um pretty much overweight and i kind of got sick of it and you know it's always that health scare that kind of get you that get you started so yeah. yeah like you don't feel good i mean uh, I know a lot of women like struggle with body image and, you know, they think that, you know, they have cellulite or they don't like their stomach or especially after they have kids or whatever. But like, I can honestly say, like I look in the mirror and I like what I see. I've worked really hard for my body and it's taken a long time to accept that I'm kind of like stocky. I'm a, I'm a chunky female. I've got hips, I've got boobs, I've got thighs. And, and that in today's society is looked at now like more powerfully. You don't want to be stick thin and be like a model runway. I actually yeah. like having a bit of meat on my bones, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I was like skinny at one, one time. And of course, uh, you know, it was good. It felt good. You know, I'd be able to do backflips, but you know, I say <laughs> I need, I need my muscles back. You no, know, that's what I was like. overrated. Give me the guns. <laughs> oh yeah. Guns. Oh yeah. yeah. And I pretty much got the um, muscles back when I started doing pro wrestling. So uh, yeah, um, that's pretty much got my um, muscle, back, but I still got the um, still fit. So that was, yeah. it's kind of, you got to maintain a little bit of, like I think with strongman, especially, you've got to be strong, but you've also got to be um, agile. You need to move well. You need to have good um, conditioning, like good ticker strength, um, and like sometimes flexibility as well. Because like sometimes you're pressing overhead. I split jerk my heavy overheads. Um, I also have to maintain like a level of cardiovascular endurance for um, my army reserves training. So I'm, I'm a nursing officer um, in the defense force and um, I have a fitness test that's coming up in two weeks time where we have to do push-ups, sit-ups and a 2.4 kilometer run in an allocated time frame. And so, yeah, my body is not built for running. <laughs> I always feel like I detest every single second of it. Um, my lungs feel like they're burning. <laughs> my heart feels like it's going to jump out of my chest. And, you know, my knees hurt every time they impact on the ground. But I know it's something that I have to do to keep my job. So I just yeah. kind of like push through and do it. But it's hard when you're trying to be a strength athlete, but you also need to be able to run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you also did mention that you were, you served in the military. So, uh, what when do you um, start as um, serving in the military? Um, I actually joined when I was seventeen, um, but I had a bit of a gap in between, like where I am now. So, yeah, when I first joined, I was uh, still in year twelve in high school. Um, we had the recruiting people come to our school and and let us know, oh, you should join the army. Like it's got all these benefits. And uh, I went to a performing arts high school, so you had to audition for music, dance, or drama to get into the school. And so they were targeting the music students because there was a military band that they needed people for, and so they said, oh, you guys already know how to play your instruments. You're quite talented. Why don't you come along to our open day and see what it's all about? 
So I went along and they had all these like cool, like typical army things there, like the big tanks. And then they had like an obstacle course and you could like have a look at the night vision goggles and all these little toys and stuff. And I was like, oh, wow, this is cool. And then the band was playing there as well as like an extra. So I ended up wanting to join um, straight out of, out of high school and it was a good tax-free pay. It was a, it was a part-time job while I was like at uni. And I did that for four years um, as a musician in, in the army reserves. And then I went and did all my traveling and like lived overseas and um, did my nursing paramedic degree. And then it wasn't until 2018 that I actually came back and said, hey, you know, I think I'd like like to rejoin the army because I had that 11 year gap and then um when I joined up uh you know all those all that time later I said oh I'm actually a, a registered nurse now I've I've finished my degree so I started the process on becoming an officer so so now people have to call me ma'am and oh, yep. um salute me because I wear like the the pips on my uniform it's basically like my commissioning you're saluting like the queen um paying your respects to someone who's gone through all the rigors of those training and all the hoops that they make you jump through to get the rank of a lieutenant oh yeah definitely you have to show that respect about me of course i can't i can't do the military i mean i, I do martial arts so that's military work anyway so i mean i feel great with doing that i mean currently i'm a fourth degree and it's like yeah, I, what are you studying yep i mean I'm going, uh let's just say i'm studying um they usually call it um taekwondo or tank sudo but it's mostly the chuck norris system that's what they call it yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been at it for 25 years. So it's taking its toll, but you know, I, I don't have to test physically no more. So it's, mm-hmm. but I still train. Yeah. Yeah, I think training is always going to be a, a part of me because I, I know what it feels like to live that unhealthy lifestyle. And I was in my 20s and I was big. I was smoking. I was drinking, you know, like partying too much. And now I'm 36 years old and I feel like I'm like the fittest that I've ever been, you know, because I'm looking after myself. Um, you know, I like getting my sleep at night. And even if like friends have social things on, like I'll go, but I might not drink anything. You know, I'll just drive there because I I don't want to be like, you know, have my arm twisted to stay out late or get really drunk um, because I know how much it affects my training the next day. And I think as you go to older, you, um, your, your tolerance to hangovers just yeah. goes down. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a night person, you know, I'm not Batman. So, I mean, in some cases, if I'm driving home from a wrestling show, usually I'm not home until like three to four in the morning. So, I mean, it doesn't, wow. have, it doesn't have much of a choice because it's a long drive, but usually but I'm getting used to it pretty much. So how, how old are you? I, I find it really hard to guess people's age, especially dark skinned people. I, <laughs> I, I have no idea. You're going to probably blow me out of the water on this one. Well, let's just say I'm 36. So pretty much the same age. Oh, we're the same. Oh, same. Music. Okay. Wait, when's your birthday? Uh, uh, November 7th, 1985. Oh, okay. I'm March 13th. So I'm actually about to turn 37 in like three weeks. <laughs> uh, so I got a long way to go. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I mean, now we look at, um, um, we're actually closer to 40 than we are to 30. And that to me was kind of depressing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So of course we got into your push. So what was your biggest challenge starting out pretty much? My biggest challenge starting out? Oh. Yeah hard work. I, I don't think I've ever like pushed myself um, and, and gained that mental resilience when I was younger. And um, 
And, you know, I'd be there going, oh, it's too hard and like having a little tantrum in front of my PT. And he was like, Red, like you told me what your goals were. You want to lose 10 kilos. You want to change your life. You want to do this. And I, and I was like, oh, okay, I had to keep bringing myself back to realize what my goal was. And, and, I, and I carry that over now, you know, 10 years later after doing like strength training, when it gets hard, don't quit. Just remember why you're doing it. And like, there, there's like lots of articles out there about like, what is your why? My why, like it isn't to lose weight anymore. Um, yes, I want to get stronger, but I also want to compete overseas and and not just test myself with the people in Australia here, but, um, you know, go overseas and actually really like meet the best of the best and see where I stand and know how far I can actually get with a bit of hard work. So, you know, I think when I first started uh, learning to like push through those barriers of, of a challenge and, you um, you know, get get through things that are uncomfortable, like being in the pain cave. Now I feel like, yeah, look, it's still uncomfortable and everyone has a hard workout every now and then. But yeah. um, you sort of like get better at dealing with that. Yeah, usually you can't just do the same workout every time. You have to like kind of come up with your different um, different workouts every time, you know. But for me, I kind of come up with like since I um, do fitness training or should I say I'm a fitness instructor, you know, I do time bouts. So that works better for me. So, yeah. Yeah. Like AMRAPs, EMOMs, um, those kind of things. Like, uh, or you do like as many, as many reps as possible. Yeah. Like challenge yourself for like a minute. A minute doesn't sound that long, but when you're doing like something at really, really high intensity, oh, you can be on the floor dying for five minutes after. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what, what goal are you aiming for? Or should I say, what's your ultimate goal? My ultimate goal, like within strength, or you mean like life goals? Like pretty much like, um, of course, you became a strong woman. So what would be your, um, like your ultimate goal? You say you can train somebody to be a, a strong man or a strong woman or even a strong person. Yeah. Um, ultimately, I'd like to live a life where I have the lifestyle that I want. So, you know, I work really, really hard now because I'm trying to build my career, um, you know, get a name for myself as an athlete. Um, you know, I like having money so I can, you know, get the opportunity to go overseas. And like, it's very expensive when you have to self-fund all of that, all of that stuff yourself. But, you know, I've kind of been um, a little bit held back because I'm studying my master's in mental health nursing. And um, all the time that I have to devote to study, I'm like, oh my God, like I could have picked up an extra shift and earned like another 500 bucks or whatever. But I'm like, oh, this uni is just like this hovering over my head that's sucking my time. Um, so like ultimate life goal is, you know, I want to set myself up so that I can, um, you know, live the lifestyle that I want. I would love to be a paid strength athlete. Like how cool would that be? You look at like pros and all they have to do is like go to the gym and then they get paid when they win competitions and stuff like that. Like that mm. would be cool. But I think for women, that's just, it's just not there yet. Like even the pro strong women, um, they might win a couple of thousand for doing like the Arnold's or world's strongest woman or something like that. But they, they can't actually make like a decent living. Like I would, I would never give up my nursing career just to, you know, try and be like a pro strong woman. But um, when I, when I finish my studies for nursing, um, I would, I would like to actually do like my strength and conditioning, um, like the coaching course. Um, 
don't know if I'd like to coach people just yet, but I'd like to actually just learn what the course is about, um, learn more about like body mechanics and the different muscle groups. And I have a, I have a pretty good knowledge of that anyway from doing anatomy and physiology at uni. Um, but yeah, it would be so cool to just set yourself up where you can pick and choose your hours you know, have your leisurely time in the gym rather than just being like you're constantly in that rat race, like grinding to just, you know, stay afloat. So, yeah. Well, I'm not the type of person that just like to like coach one person. I like to be there to like coach an army. So that's why I become a group fitness instructor. Now I need an army to at least train or at least do a teach a class. So yeah, the same thing with um uh, martial arts too. You know, I like to have teach kids and, you know, just give them like hope that they can at least become a black belt like me or at least their own version of a black belt. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, um, I think if you're educating those children, they start them young, you know, they, they learn what it's like to have a challenge and be faced with adversity and how they, how they manage that. Um, I mean, look, you see this in competition when, um, people like they're grown, the grown man, grown women, and they like might stuff up an event or something. And instead of going off and sooking in the corner, um, you know, I would just, you know, I might be upset about it at the time, but you kind of have to shake it off and go, all right, look, there's five other events I can do here. Um, instead of like crying over something that I, I, I didn't do, um, I'm just going to focus into the next one because like you just have to move on and build a bridge and get over it. <laughs> you know, if those kids aren't taught that resilience from, from younger ages, that's going to carry on into their adult life. Yeah, definitely. All right. So how many um, competitions did overseas, like in the, in the United States? Uh, I've done two in the States and one in South Africa. Oh, okay. Because I know um, when I was competing, um, well, I did like some competing in um, um, the martial arts. Um, there was some um, a competition called Kumite Classics. It was like a combination of martial arts and uh, fitness um, expo. So yeah, I seen people do like strongman um, competition as well as powerlifting, and you know, of course, they do like fitness miles on there. Where, where was that fitness expo? Uh, it was um in Monroeville, um like in um the suburbs of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So I don't know if they still do it, but uh, that was like years ago. Like the last one I went to was 2013. Yeah. So is that where you are? You in Pennsylvania? Oh no, I'm in um Western New York. So oh, you're in New York. Okay, yeah. So a bit of a travel. Yeah. Do you travel around a lot for like different um expos and that kind of stuff? Oh uh, no, nah, I used to, but you know, um, like nowadays I've just um. Usually, well, I actually travel for wrestling, so that's like the only thing I travel for. I used to travel to like uh, Pittsburgh for Kumite Classics, and of course, um, I do competition at my hometown. And yeah, usually I also go to Comic Cons too, so that's so good. Yeah, Comic Cons. Like, are you a bit of a nerd with like your cartoons and that kind of stuff? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm a nerd. I mean, I'm just basically pop culture. Yeah. Yeah. I think I had one of those in Brisbane. Um, I didn't go, but I saw some friends that went and I saw their pictures and they were getting, uh, yeah, like the photos with these like famous cartoon characters and yeah, it looked like a, like a fun day. Yeah. Well, for, to get pictures with celebrities, you know, the less prestigious, the less they'll charge, but you know, the more they, the more prestigious they are, the, the more they charge. So yeah. That's you have to see- make a <laughs> yeah you have to save a lot of money just to meet your favorite celebrity <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
All right. So who do you look up to while you're on your journey? I have a lot of like idols or, or women that I um, really respect uh, in strong man or strong woman. Um, yeah. One of those is Donna Moore. So um, she's from the UK. Um, <clears throat> she's won world's strongest woman a bunch of times, um, broken records at the Arnold's, the road record breakers. Like she is a, is a big lady. Like she's very, very tall. Um, but I believe she's like cut down a weight class just recently. She's so, so strong and she's so lovely. Like I met her, in person in 2019 when I went to compete at World's Strongest Woman in Daytona Beach in Florida. And I'd been following her on Instagram for a number of years and, you know, always liking her posts. And, you know, she always replies to you, you know, if I commented on something, you know, she would she would reply and I'm like, oh my God, like she's actually like a, a real person. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, when I met her in person, um, yeah, she was just like so lovely. And so, and I think sometimes when people get like, you know, really famous, it can get to their head a little bit and um you know you might have this idealization of someone on social media and then you meet them in person then it totally wrecks it because they were rude to you or they didn't want to make time for their fans or you know all that kind of stuff but I can honestly say that she was just like very humble and and that's why I like I thought that she was just a very impressive athlete that had like a decent heart um there's some other women like actually one of my really good friends um Lee Holland Keane I don't know if you've heard of her but she's an Aussie strong woman um she was the first woman to go to Scotland and get a full lift of the Dinny Stones um so that is something that's on my to-do list uh, this year hopefully going to get there <laughs> in August to do that um yeah like she's a great world role model like she's she's a mum she runs a PT business she's a nurse as well um yeah great human um another Australian athlete Camilla, Fog- Camilla Fogognolo she won the Arnold's Ohio for the lightweight her and her partner Carl Sherry they he won the lightweights as well in the under 80 men's um you know she's a phenomenal athlete like one of the best in Australia like if not the world pound for pound like she's got um 150 kilo atlas stone and she weighed in at like 70 kilos so more than double body weight she's kind of like you know the Rhiannon Lovelace of Australia um yeah so Rhiannon's another girl from the UK that I got the pleasure of meeting in South Africa um yeah lovely chick it's great to see a lot more women getting more like publicity in the sport um and like making a name for our sport bringing attention to it to say you know it's not just all about the guys like the women can do these amazing feats of strength as well yeah i mean i have no prejudice you know i'd like to have like i would enjoy to see any woman to have every opportunity and everything that that's out there i mean from all the sports and really <laughs> just give them an opportunity to see the see what they can do and even if it's not the best but at least they have an opportunity yeah yeah that's it yeah and i know i can relate how you talk um say famous people kind of get um like kind of gets themselves like kind of like you know get to their gimmick guys kind of call it but you know well they say you should never meet your idols for that very reason because you know you have this image in your head of what they should be like and then you know if they're if they're rude to you in person then you're like oh well i don't look up to them anymore but yeah yeah, usually, yeah, that's why I'm usually careful with um some celebrities. You know, I don't treat them like they're famous. I treat them like normal people. It's like, it's like just the first time I met them. They don't know who I am. It's like I don't know who they are. I'm just saying, hello, how are you? So that's yeah. pretty good. 
It's, it's funny that you say that because, like, I, I don't think I'm not famous. I'm not famous. But um, I guess in the strongman scene in Australia, like, uh, you know, I have like 7,000 followers or something like that on my Instagram. And when I did compete at the Arnold's, um, there was um, people that came up to me and they're like, oh, my God, Red, can I get a picture with you? And I was like, uh, okay, sure. Like, I mean, I don't mind. But, you know, just taking five seconds out of your day to do that for someone that thinks you're really cool, you know, that's no skin off my nose. I would happily, you know, talk to people that like wanted to say good day to me. Um, I think like sometimes that's not returned. Like once you get to that, that really top level, it can really start the ego gets to your head a bit. Yeah. I mean, I'm not famous yet, but you know, you know, definitely I like, I like talking to people pretty much. So, you know, usually if I want to greet somebody, I, I have this, um, um, should I say this feeling to bow to people? Cause you know, being in martial arts, I just go up and bow, bow to them. It's like, that's just my sign of respect. So that's, it's weird, but you know, it's something I can just deal with, mm-hmm. especially with the pandemic, you know, you can, you can like handshake, you only can fist bump. I just bow. So Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what's hey, is that up? cutting out at your end? It sounds a bit. Crappy. Yeah, it seems like it cutting out a little bit, but you know, is, I that, just... is that cutting out at your end? It's like it said that I had like a bad um, internet connection, but I can hear you fine now. All right. Awesome. All right. So what's some um, subject do you think people need to know about if they were going to do powerlifting or strongman? What subject do they need to know about? Like in general, like if I if somebody wanted to like train to be a strong woman or strong men or even a power lifter, I mean, what advice would you give to them? Um, one thing that I um, just realized sort of in the last two years or so after getting uh, a nutrition coach, um, I, I have to eat before training. I used to like go to the gym in the mornings with an empty belly, just having a coffee. And then I wouldn't get through my sessions. And I'd wonder why I'd be like so tired. Um, I didn't have the energy, like the glucose stores in my body um, because I just was, oh, if I train on an empty stomach, then maybe I'll lose more weight. Like it was this like dumb idea that I had. Yep. But um, I, I need carbs before I train, especially if it's like a heavy sport or deadlift mm-hmm. session. I just won't get through it unless I've, been fed and fueled um, for your body. So yeah, eating and sleeping like it re- promotes your recovery. I think um, especially as I've gotten older, uh, you know, my body takes a lot longer to bounce back um, to feel fresh. So I'm really proactive with my recovery. I'm lucky enough to be um, an ambassador for uh, a float therapy recovery center. Do you know what that is? Hmm. Have you ever heard of floating? Floating. Hmm. Floating. So you just lie in a big, like, it's like a bath. It's like a warm bath with, and it's full of magnesium. And so it's to help your, your muscles recover. Um, it's sensory deprivation. So no sight, no sound. They turn all the lights off. It's pitch black. You wear earplugs. You've got a little pillow for your head. You're lying back in this water Mm. and you go in there for an hour. And I like meditate in there and it just de-stresses you, relaxes your mind and your body. And then my muscles just feel so awesome after that. And you just feel really relaxed. They say that one hour in a float tank is equivalent to six hours of sleep in your bed because it's uninterrupted. Um, You can't hear or see anything. And so you get into that deep state of relaxation. 
Mm. Oh. So I do that. I do that about every two weeks and like leading up to competition, I'll do it weekly because I feel like it really helps me, especially if I'm trying to recover post night shift, you know, I'm not sleeping very well during the day. So I'll go and book a float. And that one hour in there is like, I've had six hours sleep anyway. So yeah, um, I do that often my recovery. Uh, I'm probably a bit, um, neglecting on my like mobility work but I think that's really important <laughs> as well you know nobody likes just sitting there stretching like or putting a trigger ball into your trap um getting on a foam roller that kind of stuff yeah. um I do think it is really important but you know admittedly it's something that I probably do neglect a little bit <laughs> yeah I think I guess that's better than um just pouring some ice into the bath and then you gotta go in there and sit there uh man I don't want to be no popsicle <laughs> yeah have you done the ice bath before no but i don't plan on doing it it's like doing a um, polar plunge i don't do that neither <laughs> ah. well i have i have done an ice bath before um but oh my gosh i didn't last very long in there my whole skin um it starts feeling like really tingly like i don't really like having a cold shower unless it's like boiling hot and even just jumping into the ocean or into the pool i'm one of those people that like go one foot at a time you know like yeah. i'll go in a couple of centimeters and then wait till that's warm and then i'll go in a little bit more i'm not i'd never just dive straight in <laughs> i'm such a big scaredy cat but yeah with the ice baths you just have to like you have to get in get down <clears throat> get up to your neck you know and you have to breathe have you heard of what wim hof breathing is Wim Hof breathing Wim Hof breathing, it's like the guy that named this particular type of breathing. So, you know, your initial reaction when you feel freezing cold is to go <gasps> and like you, you oh, like hold your breath. So Wim Hof breathing is where you go <laughs> and it's like, it's like really controlled and you're breathing out. Um, so you're trying to like regulate what's going on in your heart and lungs because your, your, your initial um, shock reaction is to, like hold your breath and then you're not going to get into that state of relaxation. So you've seen like the guys that are really good at this, they get into the ice baths and they just like hold their hands like this and they're just going, trying to like not remind themselves that they're in a freaking pit of ice, yeah. but they're just breathing through it. And they do say that like you can get into that deeper relaxation state if you're practicing um, that certain type of breathing. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I could probably picture myself going to like doing them ice on um, baths, and then as soon as I get in them, I'm, my, my eyes are popping out of my sockets. I'm like, oh, it's cold. Oh man, uh, uh, but yeah, pretty much. You, you, I think you just have to try it though. Just go and try it once, and then if you don't like it, you know, you don't have to do it again. But I'm sure there's like plenty of places that you could, or you just go and you know jump in the snow outside. <laughs> oh, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, I mean the snow haven't melted yet, so definitely, yeah. Is, is it snowing right now where you are? Well, it was snowing um, this weekend. I mean, it was snowing Friday and um, Saturday. So it wasn't as bad as it um, was like a, like a couple of weeks ago. We had the, like, the winter blast. So, of course, a lot of us got stuck in the snow, including me, because I have a car that's low to the ground. But, you know, I got out. And then, of course, I stayed home. I had to go to work. So, I mean, I hate the snow. Oh, I love it. I just, I, I just wish I grew up in the mountains. Uh, I just love like snowboarding down on snow and like throwing snowballs at people. And just, I love the cold being, being redhead with pale skin. I, I last five seconds in the sun and then I'm like Rudolph. I get so burnt on my nose and, you know, I just get like more freckles and yeah. yeah. I don't like the heat. <laughs> yeah. I prefer the heat. I'm like Colossus. Yeah. You could really I'm swap. 
Well, yeah. I'll come to New York and you come to Australia. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you you got um like kangaroos down there, right? Um, yeah, look, they're a native Australian animal, but it's not like they're just hopping around in our backyards. Like you have to go out into the country to see them or like, you know, farmland. They, they like big open spaces and they, you know, they congregate in, um, you know, like in their big families and stuff. You'll often see like 20 of them uh, when you go like out of out of the suburbs of Brisbane. Yeah, and of course you got like warning signs out there too. Like if you're driving out there pretty much. Yeah, like um, the, it's quite common if you're driving, um, like recently last year in September, I did a trip to the outback in Australia. And so I went and saw like, do you know Ayers Rock? It's like, it's called, um, it's a big, 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 big rock. It's like an iconic Australian um, landmark here. And I did a trip around there and there was kangaroos just everywhere. Um, and they all just like flock and they all hop along together. And our bus like almost hit one of them because like Ooh. they started hopping across the road and, you know, we thought that they were going to get across but then we were going like 100 kilometers an hour on this highway so you know we couldn't really stop but um yeah then you'll just see like dead ones on the side of the road and stuff like that because you know they do get there but that would make a huge dent in your car like some of the the big males they are like two meters long like they would be higher than you standing up yeah that sounds like a deer hits that we get over here you know, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I see a lot of dead deer. Lucky I didn't hit, hit any deers because, you know, I spot them easily, even in the dark. You know, they got them, those eyes glowing. And I, like, I say, do not come across here. Do not come across the road. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. about, what do you guys think when you, because you haven't been to Australia before, have you? Nope. When you think of Australia, like, I know a lot of Americans have this idea that, like, everything can kill you, like, all about insects and, you know, yeah. crocodiles. And, yeah. You know, what's your opinion on that? Uh, well, you know, that's just people, like, thinking outside the box or just, like, thinking nonsense, you know. But, you know, that's, like, thinking, of, like, if they're watching the movie, that's exactly how Australia is. But, you know, of course, you're from Australia. You have a different um, point of view of it. So, uh <laughs> I think it's funny when people go, oh, do you like uh, ride, um, have a pet koala bear in, in your tree in your backyard? Or do you have like a pet snake or, you know, those big spiders, they're, the, they're called bird eating spiders and they are huge. Like their body would be like the size of your palm of your hand and their legs are hairy and some of them fly and there's all these like crazy insects that can poison you and you know, we do have a, like a very unique type of wildlife here. Um, but when you're Australian and you grow up here and you live here, you just like accept that that's part of like the country and who you are. But um, I guess those like creepy crawlies and and those kind of like vicious snakes and everything, they are like in the, in the outback, like that's where you go in the country. And so the population down there is not as dense as it is in like the major cities. Yeah, I mean, you got those um, creatures. Of course, we got, um, of course, possums, skunks. I hate skunks. So if they have that weird smells. It's like that can kill you. And of course, we have, yeah, yeah always like all different creatures, bats. Oh, yeah, bats. I don't worry. I want to worry about bats. And I hate I, bats. I remember when I was living in Canada, there was raccoons everywhere and, oh. and bears. Like 
when we took our trash out, if we didn't actually like double bag it or like put it in the bin and just left the rubbish bag outside, the bears would come and like rip the bags open and they'd get into the food and the raccoons would like just dive into the bin and get, get all the scraps <laughs> out of there. And I'm like, this is really weird. Like we don't have that back home. Um, but that was, you know, that was Canada and one of the things that you had to kind of put up with there. And and like, yeah, the, the moose, um, the deer, um, you know, they're everywhere as well. But yeah, different countries, like there's so much to experience and and I love travel, but like obviously with COVID the last two years, we haven't been able to do it, but I'm hoping to get to Europe uh, in July, August this year. Um, Have you heard of what FIFA Power Week is? FIFA Power. FIFA Power Week. So it's um it's in Norway and my friend um Kiki is running it. I met her at World's Strongest Woman. So she's a Norwegian lady. And this whole week they've got lots of different feats of strength on. So they've got Highland Games, Strong Man, Strong Woman, a rogue record breakers, arm wrestling, mass wrestling. Uh, they've got like Ed Cohen coming to do like, um, like motivational speaking. They've got, um, mobility workshops. They've got, um, adaptive sports. So people with like disabilities, um, they've got like all this stuff on for the entire week and the stones of strength. So, um, I'm planning to go over there for that, which is like the second week of July and then hopefully have a bit of a holiday around, um, Scandinavia. And then after that, go to Scotland to attempt to lift the Dinny stones. So that's my, um, that's my big trip, like my present to myself for finishing uni, uh, in the next couple of weeks. And then it's going to be working hard so I can go and go and do that holiday. Now we're really lucky that, um, we don't have to do quarantine coming back because, you know, if you're vaccinated, um, you can travel and, uh, there's not those like dumb rules anymore. So, <laughs> yeah. well, well, definitely I gotta make a trip back to Canada. I mean, I, I miss going over to there. I mean, mostly that's because Comic-Cons, most of my friends over there, and even my um, brother and sister-in-law live over there with my nieces. So I want mm-hmm. to be able to see them. Yeah. yeah. All, right. All right. So before we kind of get to our hidden gym bomb segment, here's the last question. Uh, what motivational or inspirational quote that basically best describes you? I really like the quote, um, you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. So a lot of people go, oh, I could never do strong man because I'm not strong enough. And I'm like, well, no, like anybody can do it. You don't have to do these crazy weights that everybody else is doing. You start at a level that you know you can do and then you like work your way up. Like I didn't get strong overnight. I've been doing this for eight years, you know, but a lot of people have that perception of like, oh, I just, I can't do that yet because I'm not, I'm not strong enough. But I always say, look, yeah, you don't have to be great to start. Just you have to start to be great though, because you will eventually work your way up. So that's like one of my favorite quotes. The other one is, um, if you don't win, you learn. So that one, um, I had to kind of swallow my pride a little bit when I didn't do too well at a competition, like right before an injury. And, um, you know, I was really hoping to podium at the Arnold's and, um, I think I came like six or something and yeah, I, my back was hurting because I'd had a, an injury like a month out prior. Um, yeah. And I was really disappointed with myself. Um, and, and 
I, I feel like I learned so much from that because of like, well, yeah, your body is number one. You've got to take care of yourself first. I probably in hindsight shouldn't have competed because I was in pain a lot of it. Um, but yeah, if you don't win, you learn and you sort of like gain experience and stuff from, from those mistakes that you would have made. And then the next comp I did after that was actually when I went to South Africa and I came second over there. So I yeah. feel like you learn more from your failures than you do from your successes. So it sucks at the time, but um, you, you come back with like more knowledge. Yeah. The way I kind of put it, it's like a game is not a game if you don't lose at all. So What's the point of playing a game if you're always winning? And then, of course, you never lose. But, um, you know, you Mm -hmm. have to, like, play a game where, of course, uh, you lose. And then, of course, you learn from that and then you get better. Yeah. And I I love seeing new competition come through the sport. Um, You know, I, I, with our Australian nationals here, I had won it previously three years in a row, 2018, 2019, 2020. And then last year I got beaten by um, this really strong chick called Megan Clark in Western Australia. Um, You know, I've been like looking at her on social media and I thought like, she's incredibly strong. And I thought, yeah, like it's hard to stay at the top. I'm, I'm actually encouraging people to like, you know, come up and challenge me because now that I'm second, I'm going to like try and work harder to get that title back next year. You know, if you're at the top the whole time, you you know, you can start getting a little bit too relaxed or whatever, but yeah, I'm always prepared to do the work and I, and I want to have people to challenge me. Yeah. It kind of goes with that quote. It's only at the top when there's no one on the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if there's like nobody, that. yeah, if there's nobody at the bottom to challenge you, I mean, it's lonely at the top. It's like nobody's there to challenge you. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we're into the hidden gym um, segment of our um, interview, and of course, this is going to be a series of questions. Uh, of course, this is like uh, at your best of your ability. So, of course, uh, you definitely you could come up with anything that you want, but usually people can't come up with an answer. But that's okay. But we're going to do this. All right, hidden gym time. All right, everybody ready? All right, are you ready, Red? I'm ready. <laughs> All right, so here's the first question. Best advice you haven't gotten and who said it? Oh, looks like I got you. <laughs> the best advice I ever got and who said it? Um, I think it would have been like my PT, um, like when I first started and he was like, you have to work hard for what you want. He's like, just remember your why. Um, Always remember why you're doing it because when it sucks, uh, you need to just go back to that and remember like how important this is to you. So yeah, that would be like from my old PT, Peter Nguyen, like eight years ago now. All right, here's the next one. Usually people don't get this one, but the worst advice you've ever gotten. Mm. You know, I don't really listen to people that give me bad advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, whatever it was, it's gone in one ear and out the other. <laughs> uh, yeah, really. Just like an airplane. Mm. Uh, all right. So that pretty much made it easier. <laughs> yeah. You don't get no bad advice. <laughs> <laughs> all right. How do you award yourself? I kind of call this like the guilty pleasure. Yeah. Um, I love travel. Um, so I, even if it's just like a weekend away somewhere, um, or on my days off in Brisbane, I might go and do a hike. 
Um, I think that that's really good for my self-care. I love being in the mountains and there's so many really cool uh, adventurous outdoor trails that I can do sort of within an hour or so from where I live. So I reward myself, um, whether that's like a cheat meal or something. I love ice cream, like, but I, I know that if I ate it every single night, I'd be huge. Um, so yeah, ice cream is a guilty pleasure, especially when it's really hot. Um, I love going hiking for my self-care. And um, like I said, this July, August, I'll be doing like a big Euro trip to uh, reward myself from um, finishing my studies after three years doing my master's. <laughs> All right. What famous celebrity would you like to work out with? The Rock Johnson, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah. I I am a huge fan. You know, he's he's my whole past. <laughs> yeah, I some some for some reason I had that Jedi sense. You're gonna say The Rock. Yeah, he was. I just love. I just love him. Like every movie he's ever done. Like his social media presence. Like he's actually a big softy. You know, he has like four daughters. You know, so he's he's like a good dad. Like he's a good role model for his girls. He's really strong. He's like he's sexy. You know, he's got a lot of um, yeah, just a lot of appeal. And um, I love it how in he in his like videos he goes, "Can you smell what the rock is cooking?" <laughs> yeah, definitely. I- I definitely enjoyed watching him like wrestle pretty much because yeah, it was like the attitude era of like around the nine the late nineties oh. and the two thousand. Yeah. Making me hot uh, talking about him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean I actually was watching um of course um in a wrestling show he was or let's say a wrestling event he was in um uh he was facing mankind in like a cage match or something, or not in a cage match, but like a last man standing match. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's getting a bit older now though isn't he he must be like pushing 50 yeah at least close to that yeah yeah it doesn't matter age is no barrier <laughs> yeah. yeah that's what he, that's what you probably say yeah other than saying he smelled what the rock is cooking but it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. yeah all right secret talent um you see this over here that's oh. my piano oh pianist yeah, that's my piano. Um, like I don't share a lot of it, but like every now and then if I'm like having a play, I might put like a little bit on my Instagram story, but it's it's not often that I like post about it because it's something that I do for me. Um yeah, and, and sometimes I get a little bit embarrassed if someone like wants to be critical of my playing or my singing. Um, and it's something that I do like for my own kind of therapy. So I don't share a lot of it, but um, like, I guess if you've been like following me for a while, you you like occasionally see a, a piano clip, like every once in a blue moon on my story. But yeah, I've been playing piano since I was like four years old. So yeah, more than 30 years now. Um yeah, and I enjoy it. <laughs> well, I can't play the piano. I mean, the only instrument I'm good at is the, the Crash Cymbals because that's what I played. <laughs> it. That's what I played in middle school. Yeah, those like the, like the worst instruments that you can have. But I played those like a champion when I was in middle school. So yeah. <laughs> uh, but at least I got my most valuable player for the um, two years. So that at least helped. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, uh, those are like my weapons. <laughs> Trashing the symbols. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So if you were in a movie, what kind of movie would it be? Um, here's another one of my memorabilia. Can you see that poster up there? Oh, Jessica Rabbit. That's it. She oh. is my spirit animal. Yeah. So she's got long red hair. You know, she's um like wears a red dress, blue eyes. She's very sexy. She loves singing. Um 
I've always loved her as a cartoon character, um, you know, and I saw that painting. I, can't, I think I bought that when I was in the States. I can't remember where because I've done quite a few trips back to America, obviously with my dad's family being there. Um, but I remember I saw that in a shop and I was like, I have to have that painting. I have to have it like right above my piano because I, I like singing and she's just holding that microphone looking really sexy. So, yeah, I'm Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I would like to be in a cartoon. I mean, I mostly got that James Earl Jones voice, so it'd be Lion King. I love Lion King. Well, the the other option I thought maybe um, that I could be like second if, it, if I was a character in a movie would be uh, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider. Oh, I see that. Yeah. Like Angelina Jolie, you know, she's in like that little sports bra. She's got little hot pants on with like her gun like uh, tucked into her thigh. She's got the gloves and she's like, really jacked and she's like running through the jungle trying to like you know kill people <laughs> yeah i actually could see you going to a comic-con either dress up as jessica rabbit or uh tumorator well yeah. i actually dressed up i've dressed up as both of those for um like one was like a superheroes party and i went as as lara croft for that and i had like you know the fishnet stockings with the little shorts and stuff and everyone's like oh my god like that's a great outfit and then i went to a disney party and i and i hired a dress and i went as jessica rabbit so yeah i, I think um both of those uh, are sort of like related to how i could see myself in a movie <laughs> yeah i know mean, i kind of get to like those cosplays you know i do like mario and Luigi or even like um, Ryu from Street Fighter. And, That's your, uh, your profile photo is the Mario hat, isn't it? Yeah. And I actually, actually met the guy that does the voice of Mario. So that was definitely a plus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even, even though I can do his voice, um, I pretty much am good with his voice. Yeah. It's me, I'm Mario. <laughs> <laughs> you got that down, Pat. Yeah. That's pretty much my secret talent. I do voice impersonations. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, here's the final question. 10 years from now. Where am I going to be 10 years from now? Hmm. Let's see. Well, I'll be 46 years old. I'd like to say that I'd still be like, you know, exercising and moving my body. I don't know about like competitive strong woman though. Although there are some masters athletes that, you know, they're well into their forties and they're still going pretty good. Um, but you know, I'm consciously aware of the body and how you need to um, look after it as you get older. So yeah, I don't know if I'd still be competing. I'd definitely still be um, like in the fitness realm. I'd like to see myself in like a, a leadership and management role um, within nursing. Um, I really want to get into nursing education, uh, especially in mental health and working with the veteran community. Um, so yeah, a few, few other sort of like things that I'd like to see with my career. I'd like to tick at least another 10 countries off my goals list. So yeah, get another few uh, bits of travel under my belt in the next 10 years. Um, I'd like to see myself, uh, with more property. So I currently like own my house that I'm living in and I'd like to expand my, um, my property portfolio in 10 years. I'd like to say, I'd like to have another two properties. Yeah, it's like one for vacation and one for pretty much uh, where you're not vacationing. So. Yeah, and, and maybe another dog. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, do you want to see my dog? He's right here. Susie, come here. He, I've just woke him up from a nap. He's been on the floor. Come here. <laughs> He's a great day. Oh, boy. Oh, look at him. Hi. 
Okay. So he's as tall as I am. <laughs> yeah. You say he's a great Dane? Yeah. He's a big boy. Yeah. Oh, well, I ain't have no dogs on me. And of course, my father used to have a dog, but of course, <laughs> but I used to have a cat too. So. Yeah, he's the best. He's the best company. He's still only a puppy, though. So he's only seven months. Oh. And um, I, I adopted him through a rescue that I was doing fostering for. And I'd had like other cats and dogs that had got uh, rehomed and adopted. But then I, after having him for like two days, I said, I'm not going to be able to give him back. I want to keep this guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, thank you very much for um, joining me in this um, podcast. So is there any last minute words you'd like to tell the listeners out there? No, not really. Just wanted to say thank you so much for having me. And um, it's been good to have a chat. And thanks for reaching out on Instagram. And it, it's always nice to like, you know, talk to people from other parts of the world. We've obviously got like the same love of, you know, working out and stuff like that. And yeah, it's good to share my story and hope you enjoyed having a chat. Uh, well, thank you so much. I know it's like, kind of like you have a long schedule, you know, it's kind of hard to get the um, open day for you, but um, thank you very much for joining me. So I'm going to no do my, clo- I'm going to do my closing for my uh, podcast. So uh, for those who are just tuning in, make sure you um, tune into my previous episodes on uh, BICBPRadio.com, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And I'll see you next time for another session here at the Fit Fighter Podcast. This is your fitness instructor, TJ Williams, ready to buy you out to class. Mm-hmm.